102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-836-1027. That's 512-836-1027. You know, the host every now and then has to look at a sign in here. And it's big, too. No real excuse. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that. I'm at Jeff Ward Show or X or whatever it's called this week. You can post your comments on Twitter or X. Do so. There's a lot for you. Surely you can't screw this up. Just bring your A game. Don't suck. Make the show better. So you can post your comments at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We drop a podcast every single afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube channel as well. Uh, we drop that each afternoon. You can check out the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. Subscribe to it. I look like Shrek. There's a weird wall, but it seems to be doing pretty well. You know what? I didn't think I'd be saying this today. Who's worse off now? Your Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles? I have an idea, but it's something to think about now. Yeah, I said it. Who's worse off now? They're both in a bad place. Who's in a worse place? And I mean that in every way possible. Oh, they're alive. Yeah, 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 that's true. I mean, there's, you know, you got a race now. You have a race. But who's in a worse place? It's a legitimate question. I will tell you this. If on January, what it would be, about the 21st or so at about 7 o'clock, maybe a little later, our time, if your Dallas Cowboys walk off the field that evening, losers to the San Francisco 49ers, they'll have the night of December 17 to blame. The night Dallas got blasted by the Buffalo Bills will be the night circled that cost Dallas the NFC East and a first-round bye and the chance to avoid the 49ers until the NFC Championship game. And that's a big deal. That's pretty much a deal-breaker. The 31-10 beatdown will haunt Dallas as a franchise for some time, I think. The reason it's going to haunt Dallas for a while is because the normally reliable Jalen Hurts, the normally low-maintenance Jalen Hurts, and the Philadelphia Eagles have found a way into a three-game meltdown, and they found a way for the great Drew Locke. You know, Drew Locke, Joe Montana, Drew Locke, Dan Marino, like Drew Locke, Tom Brady, you know that one? That Drew Locke? The Eagles found a way to let the great Drew Locke in Seattle Seahawks score twice in the fourth quarter, beat them 20-17, to 17, and now the NFC East is a full-on tailspin. It's kind of cool. Dallas and Philadelphia are now tied at 10-4, and four, so now what? Now what? And, it is, and now what is legitimate? They are both dysfunctional as we stand here today. Who's worse? Did Philadelphia open the door for Dallas? The answer there is yes, clearly, but also no. Yes, because they're both tied for the NFC East now. And now it's a matter of what they do the rest of the way. They've each got three games. Uh, you run the table and your playoff life is much, much better. 
In fact, a top seed, oddly enough, is not completely out of the question. It's a it's a stretch for two teams that are pretty dysfunctional right now. But a top seed, if you run the table, if you go 3-0 down the stretch, is not out of the question. Now, you win all three. You have to win all three. Well, I say that. They're both a mess. Maybe maybe 2-1 and one does it. Dallas, of course, has in order Miami and Miami. That's an issue. Uh, Detroit, and then Washington on the road. Philadelphia has the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants. Cowboys face painters. You had better be big Tommy DeVito fans as of right now. Okay, so the issue, of course, is that Philadelphia owns the tiebreaker, which goes as of now. Again, I don't know if anyone knows what to expect out of either one of them now. And that's... And that's not a place I thought any of us would be talking about as of Saturday. I don't think you th- would be thinking about Dallas being a dumpster fire. I don't think you thought that Philadelphia would be a dumpster fire, but we here we are. So Philadelphia would own the fourth tiebreaker. And no matter what they do for the final three games, you run the table and your playoff life, of course, is better. But Philadelphia owns the tiebreaker, and the tiebreaker goes four deep. And the tiebreaker four deep is... I believe it's how you do with against conference opponents, and the Eagles would have a one-game advantage over Dallas using that fourth tiebreaker, plus they get the built-in advantage of having three final games of NFC teams. So for Dallas, you've got to go 3-0, and which is something, and Philadelphia's got to lose to Tommy DeVito or somebody along the way. That's not out of the question at this point. Who knows what to make of these two? So, what's with the Eagles? <laughs> I said a few weeks ago, they're sluggish, tired, beaten down. They're in a free fall. I mean, last night, of course, you could say the same about Dallas. I get it. 31-10 butt kicking would look like a free fall. But forget Dallas for just a second. So this free fall for the Eagles, what does it really mean down the stretch? So keep asking yourself this. Which one of these two teams do you trust less? I don't know if trust more is even on the table right now. Which one of them do you trust less? Dallas or Philadelphia? I might say right now, Philadelphia. Yeah, Dallas has defensive issues, uh, but the Eagles have... An offensive issue, and they have a secondary issue, and now you got the quarterback dumping a gas can on the locker room issue. Here's the thing. It wasn't, and I know, look, no excusing Dallas. Dallas will get theirs. I will not miss a chance to rip Dallas further because now their superstar, one of their superstars won't shut his face. So they're begging for it too. But the Philadelphia thing is weird, and Jalen Hurts' response, the low-maintenance low-key, calm guy. I mean, he's the guy when the building's on fire, he's fine. But he went a place, I, I, I don't know what to make of it, and I don't think he can be received very well. So with Philadelphia, um, they've got, obviously they've got an offensive issue, and then their secondary is pretty much of a mess. It wasn't exactly Patrick Mahomes cruising down the field last night in the fourth quarter. It was an 11-play, 92-yard drive for Joe Montana, that is Drew Locke. Not only that, 
which I think might be even worse right now. This is why you can make an argument for Philadelphia being the least trustworthy of the two teams, Dallas or Philadelphia. But now the always calm Jalen Hurts, I think, threw his team out of the bus. I, I, there, there was... I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he's going. I don't know why he went here. I don't know why he didn't own more of last night. Um, It was was an odd response from a guy who's obviously aggravated. uh, And they're aggravated because I think this is not just a one-game loss that Drew Locke cruises down the field. I think it's a lot more to it than that. I think this is a full-on three-game tailspin that, that he makes it sound like he saw coming. And maybe he did. It's just not a great idea to go there publicly. And that is not a guy. Certainly at the quarterback position, a diva position, that guy's not a diva. That guy doesn't go there. He doesn't throw his team under the bus. He doesn't say anything ever. It was a really odd postgame that makes you, that I think should make you very concerned about the Eagles. The upside is they get the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants. You can be pretty dysfunctional and still win. But I think they're now fully dysfunctional. So, Jalen Hurts, you can decide, everyone's trying to decide where he was going with this. Look, it's one thing to say, we blew it down the stretch. I had a bad night. I missed a coverage. I threw in the double coverage. Uh, We did this. I mean, it's one thing to be very specific about where you are and the mistakes that you've made. It makes sense. Guys get it. But where he went is so vague and so broad, it's got the sting. I've been talking about execution all year. Um, been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're all we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know. Um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace and just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that, about being committed enough? Commitment. I don't, don't know that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess, how are you seeing that presented? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects, and you know it, it starts with me. What What are you doing? <laughs> where Where are you going with this? Um, everyone's going to try to read into that. I don't know who that's for. Uh, firstly, first of all, man, you threw two interceptions, horrific interceptions. It's a lot of it's on you. You scored seventeen points. That's you. That's not even all their defense's fault. Now, granted, they gave up a 92-yard drive when they couldn't, but that's mostly on the offense and a guy who threw two interceptions. For a stand-up guy that usually owns everything, I don't think that was cool at all. I know, his woe is me, and he's sad, and blah, blah, blah. Um, you just need to say, and, and this is a guy, I mean, there's a lot of players that pop off. There's a lot of players that get over their skis. There's a lot of divas that say, me, me, me. That's you. Never is that him. Never does anyone need to say, man, what you should have said was, that's on me. I can't make those mistakes. I'll fix it. That's it. End of sentence. Stop talking. We've got a commitment issue. 
The season's almost over. <laughs> what? He went with a commitment issue. That's a that's a broad and harsh thing to say when you're in a full-on tailspin. That is a gas can dumped on your locker room type stuff. That's not like him, and it's not going to help. That would make you think they're fully dysfunctional. Not only are they playing like it, but that would that would be a that would be a pretty decent peek into not a good place, not a good time. The fact that the coach just out of the blue decided to whack his defensive coordinator for someone else was kind of an idea that things can't be going great, and now the stand-up, always-calm quarterback pours gas on his locker room. Can they win three straight? Yeah. I mean, do the Cardinals and the Giants show up? I, I don't even know. Of course, there's a funny story about Tommy DeVito and his agents. Of course, and it had to involve a pizza shop. But I, I don't even know if they show up. So Philadelphia, with, with it being a complete mess, might be just fine. Could they lose to Tommy DeVito? I, I guess at this point, yes. The Dallas path is brutal. Think about what Dallas, I don't have to tell you what Dallas has. Dallas has two of the five best teams in the NFL right now, if not two of the four best teams in the NFL right now left on their schedule. And that includes the second-best team in the AFC, Miami, on the road. And that includes the second-best team in the NFC, Detroit. I mean, if Dallas runs the table, I'll say this for Dallas fans. If they were to run the table, that means you would have beaten two. I think it's pretty simple to say. You would have beaten two of the best four teams in the game today. If they were to run the table, win those three games, Washington doesn't matter. Ron Rivera's dead man walking. They're all going to get whacked. They're all going to get fired. They, they may not even show up the last game. But you beat both Miami and Detroit, and the narrative will then be, hey, maybe Dallas beats San Francisco. Everything that has gone wrong with Dallas will be forgotten if you go out and beat Miami and Detroit on consecutive weeks. So, I, th- yeah, I, I don't... Th- I don't know that they can do that, playing horrible run defense. If they do, the narrative about Dallas changes. I don't know what the narrative is right now about Philadelphia. I think Jalen Hurts tells you a lot. Guess what Dallas also has? I don't know that it's going to do the damage that Jalen Hurts' comments will do, because I think that's got some damage attached to it. Dallas also has a superstar saying stupid stuff. A guy I often defend that I'm just going to have to rip to shreds because he went whiny, crybaby, everyone's out to get us kind of thing. I'll I'll save that rant because it's, it's worthy of just mocking him. He needs to shut his face. But I don't think it's as bad as what Jalen Hurts just said. Especially coming from a guy that doesn't do that. I think there's a lot to read into that. So right, leave you with that, whatever you want to do. They're both in a bad place, Dallas and Philadelphia. Which one do you trust least? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Hopefully that wrecks Ryan. Hey, bro, listen to the Jeff Ward Show. I don't like that, kid. 
So here's a setup. It's a roundabout compliment. I think it's a compliment. So I, I don't want to employ anyone, of course. I like to sit in a dark room. I don't want to work with anybody. I don't want to employ anybody. I don't know how you do it, but good for you. Um, but good talk show hosts. Good talk show hosts are in no particular order. One, get another stuff. You get exposed pretty quickly and pretty easily. That's a good thing. But not just knowing your stuff. There's a lot of people that know their stuff. There's a lot of people that know their craft, no politics, no sports, blah, blah. Um, but they have to be fearless. Okay, you don't you don't want it any other way. I mean, there's some suck ups, of course, but you generally don't want it any other way. The show's better when someone's fearless. Um and then you uh, you want them, it's got to be a little quirky, too. That's what I think makes a good talk show host. There's, uh, there's some humor. Uh, you can meander in and out of funny, serious, stuff like that. I'm saying that all as a setup. Rex Ryan, I think, is in the making. We have the makings of a really good talk show host. Yeah, Rex Ryan, the former coach, former fat guy, maybe still a fat guy, of the Ryan family. I am increasingly finding he is checking off the boxes that I just said. Now, my interest is going to be probably a little edgier than most. Um, I think a lot of shows are soft. I think they say exactly what you already know. That's not that interesting to me. So, admittedly, my level of interest is, is, is not, not exactly yours. I'm just saying that um, I'm finding now, more often than not... We end up coming back here playing cuts. Now, granted, he's on ESPN as well. But I find myself now increasingly playing stuff that he said during the day. And you know what's good about it is it's different. One day, it might be really solid, well-thought-out, biting rant. Everyone can suck up. Who is fearless enough to say what you don't know and make a compelling case for it? That's interesting. And I find increasingly we're playing stuff that he says during the day. Smart football stuff. And then increasingly he's saying something quirky and funny. Increasingly I'm finding him being fearless. I have no idea why he went out. This is what quirky is, right? When you want us to do a show or watch a show, you don't want it to be always the same, right? This guy... I don't know what to do. I'm not his agent. I don't know where to go with this. I don't know if he could pull it off, but I think there might be the makings of a good talk show host in there. I'm flying from New York after our show. Right. After Get Up, I'm flying a direct f- flight from JetBlue. Outstanding, by the way. Mm-hmm. Even though they put me in a middle seat on the way home, <laughs> so uh, I don't understand that. But anyway, I fly down a direct shot to to Cancun. Right. My, my, my Mickey, my wife goes in to, to board our dogs. Well, one of them has got this new cough or whatever that's going around. They're not allowed, she's not allowed to board the dog. So I did what every man who's been married exactly. for 37 years. You, you packed up your stuff and went home and spent the week with your wife and your sick dog. No, of course not. I went down to Cancun, <laughs> went with, you know, I'm the third wheel on the thing, but, you know, I'm sitting back there and drinking beer and laying in, you know, having a good time in the ocean and enjoying the sun. Of course, that's what every man would do who's been married for 37 years. What are you doing, Jeff? I don't know. I'm just telling you. Increasingly, it's quirky, and we left his wife and dog. <laughs> he went Ted Cruz on him. He went Ted Cruz on him. 
And then like probably 10 minutes later, he's got a well-thought-out rant about, well, this is good, this is good, this is bad. Uh, he's bouncing around. I like it. I'm liking it. I think more and more starting to find these like highlights of him saying stuff. And you can't beat just a bizarre rant like that. Can't beat it. I have no idea what the topic was. I like it. Well done. Keep it up. Fearless and smart. Fearless and smart. Keep it up. You know what? The If you need proof that Aaron Rodgers is running the New York Jets, if he plays in a game this season, <laughs> this guy, if he plays in a game this season, that is proof that he is in charge of the New York Jets franchise. As if you didn't know it already, but this will be foolproof that he is in charge of the New York Jets franchise. You do know the Jets have no shot at the playoffs. The Jets suck. They are a full-on disaster in every way, not even mentioning Aaron Rodgers, and they're a disaster. I'm not even sure how they're 5-9 and nine or whatever the number is. I believe it's 5-9. and nine. They're fresh off a 30-0 loss. <sighs> they're a dumpster fire in every way. I need to add, I think this is really important to add for some context, their offensive line is trash. It's horrible, okay? It's not safe, as in horrible. Zach Wilson, a horrible quarterback who got stuck in there, even he got hurt, and he's pretty good at running for his life. He's kind of a master at snap the ball, run for your life kind of thing. Even he got hurt running for his life. If he can get hurt, this is a 22-year-old guy with very little skills whatsoever, but he's really good at running away from people. He got hurt. That should tell you how awful their offensive line is. It's trash. You know what else? He's not 40 years old and coming off an Achilles rupture. So the head coach of the Jets, Robert Sala, who may or may not be the head coach of the Jets in the near future, depending on what Aaron Rodgers would like to do. Robert Sala every week comes to the news conferences and sounds like he's going to cry. And he comes to the latest news conference and he says, quote, Aaron wants to play. Let's not confuse that one. That's why he's been working so hard to get back. His willingness to play even if he's not 100%, it's at the forefront of his mind. If he wants to go, he's going to go. You fool. You fool. <laughs> you guys are all fools if Aaron Rodgers takes another snap. Um, it's, yeah, I guess I can argue that it's admirable, uh, but it's unbelievably stupid, too. Um, look, here's the, here's the positive thing. I'll do a positive thing about Aaron Rodgers who is really easy to dislike. But here's the positive thing. He's come from an injury and apparently worked really hard to do it. And he's bragged about himself the whole way, as we all know. But, but I'll give him props for that. I, whatever, assuming this is all true and assuming that he's, he can come back from Achilles rupture and think that he can play and be cleared to play means that you've worked pretty hard to get back. If he wants to play, that's not a bad thing. It's not. Um, the guy at 40, going on 48 or whatever, um, wants to play. That, that's exactly what you want. You want that out of a star. That's cool. 
Here's an opinion about this entire thing. He wants to play, in my opinion, because he misses being the narrative of everything. He misses the narrative being about him. He misses everything being about him. He wants to prove everyone wrong, not because he cares and it's the smart thing to do, not that he thinks he can make the Giants win because it doesn't matter now. He wants to play and prove everyone wrong because he's an egomaniac and he wants to say, see what I did. I'm the story. The move to get him, as I've argued from the day they went out of their way to sign him, was a dumb move. Whatever positive thing was going on with the franchise, it got completely derailed. Allowing him, which is exactly what the Jets have done from the beginning, allowing him to dictate everything the franchise does, has neutered the franchise. The franchise is run by a moron. You know, teams that are always bad, there's a reason they're always bad. They have bad bosses. And the owner of the Jets is, is a clueless tool. And that's why they're always terrible. And so that owner, in his quest to find a star, to hang out with a star, and attach himself to a star, neutered a franchise that has really good players. Well, has a few good players. Okay? They let him make the call on... Everything, coaches, uh, other players to bring in, all of whom have been a disaster. Okay, he's handpicked exactly who he's wanted to run that franchise, and they're now a mess because of it. So, the fact that they might, and that the head coach would even invite and introduce the idea that Aaron Rodgers would get to decide for himself if he plays in two meaningless games, absolutely meaningless. There's no upside whatsoever whether he passed for 400 yards or zero yards. They don't matter. The idea that the franchise would turn around and publicly say, well, if that's what he would like to do this week, I guess that's what we'll do, is pathetic. That should tell you everything about this franchise. What an embarrassment. There's no reason for him to play. There's every reason for him not to play. The idea that they're even entertaining it is only to feed this guy's ego. It's shocking. What the answer should be of this guy, this poor sap who trots out there every week as if he's going to ball crying, um, should be, listen, we're looking forward to Aaron Rodgers in 2024. We're looking forward to this guy at 100%. This guy's busted his ass to get here. We're looking forward to that day. Right now, this season would not be the time. We've got to finish this thing out the best we can. That should be the answer of a head coach. Instead, well, if he wants to, I guess, sure. What else does he want to do? He wants me to park cars this weekend? Okay, I think I'll park some cars. Oh, we got some new coach. He wants me fired. Okay, I guess I'm fired. It doesn't make any sense other than satisfying his ego. Putting him out there behind a terrible offensive line is idiotic. The four or five, was it? I don't know what the number was. Four plays that he was in all year. He was running for his life those plays. They're terrible in the offensive line. I mean, Aaron Rodgers at 100%, you still wouldn't put him out there. There's no reason to do it. It's just, it tells you, (laughs) this can't work because you let this guy just bring in all of his friends. He got to pick everything. And now he gets to pick the last two games of the year to play when they mean nothing. Only downside. Only risk. There's no reward whatsoever. 
Except, I'll say, I mean, if you're, you bounce back from this, uh, that's, that's impressive. But I can't believe this organization is even entertaining the idea. Really. It's an, it would be an idiotic decision. And if they do, I think they've already, I think they've just walk up and say, what would you like to do today? What would you like us to do today? You want us to sweep the floors? Okay, we'll sweep the floors. Or is he going to show up before kickoff and say, hey, coach, I want to let you know I'm playing. Okay, there you go. And I'm calling the plays. And oh, by the way, you're fired. Got some other guys. The idea that he's even having these news conferences should tell you how pathetic that organization is top to bottom. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show podcast or the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Shut up, Smoker Voice. On Twitter, it's at Jeff Ward Show. Here are some tweets. Some are just uh, not quite sure where you're going. No one has a, by the way, I, I thought I did a decent talk show job, the obligatory talk show handbook, setting you up. Which do you trust? I'm not going to say trust more. I said, which team do you trust less, Philadelphia or Dallas at this point? That's not... On Sunday night, we thought we knew that answer. Now, I'm not sure. In fact, I think I might trust Philadelphia less than Dallas. The difference is, of course, what Philadelphia has in front of them. Is Dallas broken? No. Philadelphia is feeling and sounding like they're broken. Something's wrong. And the quarterback pouring gas on it should confirm that. So answer that. Be at the text line or whatnot. Don't do the text line. No, no, no. No, that's what Twitter. I don't know what the smoker voice is talking about. At Jeff Ward Show, the New York quarterback broke the news just minutes ago on the Pat McAfee show saying his body is not ready for 2023. He said he's close, but he needs three to four weeks to, to go 100%. If he were 100% today, he shouldn't play. Did he tell his coach this? Because his coach acts like he still hasn't decided. Uh, at Jeff Ward Show. So, Jeff, which are you, quirky or humorous? Well, you know my response to that. You mean you want me to be more like the shows you don't listen to? At Jeff Ward Show. I'm buying the Jim Harbaugh leaves, Michigan. He's made his mark at Michigan, even if they don't win the championship. Going to the Chargers would cement his legacy as an all-time great coach who has succeeded at both levels, if he's successful with the Chargers. Um, no, no, I disagree. I don't know that he's cemented. Well, yeah. In Michigan, he's beaten Ohio State. What is it now, three? Three in a row? Yes. So he gets that check mark. But it was a total flameout in the semifinal of a year ago for Michigan. I mean, losing to TCU was not what anybody thought was coming. It's certainly not what Harbaugh wanted to say or own. So I don't know that I completely buy. Yeah, I don't know that I completely buy that he is, uh, that that legacy is set. I do think if Michigan won a championship this year, 
If they win it all, I do think it's it's plenty to jump. It's a good time to go. If they don't win it all, you know, I don't I don't buy this argument that they're going to be in trouble. I don't I don't Michigan's going to back them up. They're going to fight. They're going to, you know, I, I don't think the NCAA will do anything to them. I don't. So, I'm not quite sure I think things have gone far enough for him at Michigan. But yeah, I do think the Chargers is a good gig. I do. And I do think he'd do well. And yes, he has been successful at both levels. There's not another college coach that I would offer a gig to right now. There's not. Um, and don't say Saban. That didn't work either. I think Harbaugh is the only one that could make the jump right now. And send, and, and the Chargers would be, would be perfect for that. I just... If I were an NFL franchise, I wouldn't go after a college coach again. Wouldn't do it. At Jeff Ward Show. Wow, the Cowboys' reward for laying an egg in Buffalo is that if they went out, huge if, they and the Eagles would go to the fifth tiebreaker, combine records of teams they beat, to decide who gets home field for the playoffs. I think they end up at the fourth tiebreaker, which is a record against conference opponents. And then the Eagles would have the advantage there. Plus, the I think the Eagles have a one-game advantage already. Plus, they have all three of the remaining games are NFC teams. Philadelphia has to lose again. I don't think it's that crazy. I just don't know what uh, Tommy DeVito's got. Dallas has to run the table. Anybody right now taking Dallas to win straight up in Miami next weekend? Are you? I bet not. Then there's this, at Jeff Ward Show. <laughs> Let's make a contest. Who among the Republicans can have the most sex with Democrats or vice versa? Nice. In the interests of uniting the country, bridging the partisan divide, easing the tension. Let's find the country's greatest love patriot for the good old USA. Man, that's messed up. But Okay. Congressional sex, what a turn on. Just what everyone wants to talk about. At Jeff Ford Show, the worst scenario for Quinn Ewers is that he gets beat out by Arch Manning. Then where does that leave him? It's a fair point. I don't know how it's a fair point, but it might just be a fair point. I argued yesterday that, um, you know, coming out this year doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Quinn Ewers. He's caught up in a numbers game. There's too many quarterbacks taken ahead of him. <sighs> um, you know, I mean, he's got money at Texas. They're going to hand him cash anyway. He's got whatever he wants. He's losing a lot of talent, but, you know, at best right now, he'd be a round two to round four pick. But, Yeah. If he were to lose his job, uh, he'd have to go somewhere else. If he were to lose his job to Arch Manning. I got to say again and again and again, I don't know the world in which the quarterback that takes the program to the Final Four, that takes the program to a place it's not been since 2005, I don't know a world in which that quarterback loses their job. Without getting hurt, I don't know how that person loses their job in, in practice. I really don't. Um, I think that would be pretty shocking and pretty messed up. And if I were Quinn Ewers, and I, if I were that quarterback that lost my job after playing for a national championship, and I lost my job in practice, I would say, you're a jackass coach, why didn't you let me know? 
But yes, you're right. Yeah, Cedric Golden argues with me all the time. He's telling me, Jeff, you watch. Watch what happens. Um, it's going to be Arch Manning. I'm just going to say it. When, when you take a team to the national championship, you don't lose your job. I don't care who the backup is. I don't care what royal family they're from. I don't care <laughs> how great they look in practice. You can't lose your job in practice when you've taken a team that far. Uh, for whatever reason, here is the Attorney General of the state of Florida. It's Florida. Florida, of course, I guess, help me here, is the panhandle of Florida as messed up as the panhandle of Texas? It's like the QAnon Central. I feel like Florida and Texas, we have as many dysfunctional rednecks doing stupid stuff. So, as if things weren't bad enough in the state of Florida, for a number of reasons... Why the Attorney General thinks this is worthy of, uh, I don't know what, I'd like to know what legal case this would be. What precedent do we have here, genius? This <laughs> is the Attorney General in the state of Florida with your tax dollars at work. University was denied a spot in the college football playoff this year. You're suing the organization over this. On what grounds? Well, you know, to be clear, it was the first time ever that a, that a Power Five conference champion didn't get a spot in the playoffs. Unprecedented. In fact, it leaked. One of the members said, oh, I'm going to use better language. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I can't believe we're going to have to do this. Uh, it sucks we're going to have to do this. Why are they saying that? And, and, you know, you've seen such a concentration in power in the conferences. Uh, this affects, you know, individual conferences. It affects schools. It affects networks. Uh, and so we haven't sued anyone. We've just started a pre-suit investigation. We've sent a civil investigative demand asking for things from the National, Select, uh, no, the National Playoff Selection Committee. And we've asked for an expedited response rate. You know, this was shocking a shocking revelation to the world that you had one of these champions not make it. Everyone knows that it wasn't right. It didn't sit right. So what was done behind closed doors in these meetings? Uh, I think people just want to make sure that, that the winners weren't picked in a boardroom unjustifiably with unfair competitive practices, that they let them compete on the field. And that's where that competition should lie. Do you think they were snubbed from the playoffs on purpose? I think we're going to find that out uh, in our investigative okay. demand. We're requesting uh, documents that shows communications, okay. vote tallies, all that you can imagine. Uh, and I think that's what everyone suspects. What are you talking about, you fool? First of all, that how offensive. That I, I think that's is that Stuart Barney on Fox Business. What is she doing on your show? What do you not have markets to talk about there, bud? So the attorney general, she's obviously pissed off about what happened to Florida State. Me too. I mean, it's a stupid system. It's a system built on opinions. But by the way, counselor, the committee, committee of bureaucrats, the stiffs that meet at some airport Hilton and have bagels and cigarettes, they, they've stated clearly what their mission was, to find the best four teams. That's opinion-based. I don't know, counselor, representing the tax, genius taxpayers of Florida, I don't know exactly what else, like what case he asked a fairly reasonable question. I'm sorry. What exact case do you have? They just, you know what they could even say? We just don't like you and you still have no case. It's an opinion-based system. That's it. Um, 
And I don't know that the committee's ever even offered anything else but that. I mean, they said all along their task was to present the four best teams. I don't think it's a good system. I don't know how you left Florida State out, but the fact that the Attorney General, the state of Florida, again, a place that has almost as much dysfunction as the state of Texas, full of nut jobs, okay? They might even have us beat. Panhandle for panhandle of rednecks, they might have us beat. But she's doing this? Wait, what? We have an investigation of what? Records of what? It's just their opinion. They meet at a hotel. They get some bagels and name tags. They look like a PowerPoint show, maybe. And then they offer their opinion. And they left Florida State out. That's, I'm embarrassed even for Florida, which is always embarrassing. So, go ahead. You know, I don't know, I don't know how the taxpayers of Florida are represented by this. Like, what exactly is she going to get you back? Is she going to stop the game? I mean, all of a sudden, there's going to be kickoff at the semifinal. It's going to stop? That'll be Ron DeSantis running in the middle of the field? Uh, Tommy DeVito and his agent, you know, I feel like the um, the 15 minutes of fame is, is, is going away pretty fast. Do you feel like that? If you don't know the agent for Tommy DeVito, the quarterback of the New York Giants, this family, he and his family are straight from a Sopranos episode. I mean, it's like a casting call. It's so perfect. So Tommy DeVito's agent, Sean Stellato, who's also spray tanned and jacked, um, he became famous because he's on the field when Tommy DeVito was leading the Giants to a comeback win. They show his agent, who really does look like he's about to break somebody's kneecaps. Well, they got a problem now. We got, uh, we've got controversy and someone's going to die. Someone's going to get knocked off. They had a deal. <laughs> this is so perfect. So Tommy DeVito and his agent, Sean Stellato, he wears a black fedora and a black pinstripe suit. They had an endorsement deal worked out with Congilio's Old Fashioned Pizzeria in Morristown, New Jersey. Okay? As if it would be anything else. So, apparently, according to the New York Post, DeVito was set to do an appearance there on, tu- on Tuesday night at Coniglio's Old Fashioned Pizzeria. Well, Sean Stellato, isn't this what you do? Like, isn't that how this works in Jersey? He suddenly increased the fee from 10000 to 20000 I don't even know if this was after they showed up. I'm sure it was all in cash. And so then Coniglio's canceled. Bad move. You're dead. Look out. Salata responded by saying, we didn't have a signed contract. That's it. Coniglio's, however, has receipts. um, (laughs) And they claim that uh, the owner is Nino Coniglio, shared a message from Stellato, right? This is The Sopranos, in which he said they were both, quote, good on the two hours for 10K. Cash again, I'm sure. Why is a binding legal document that could be enforced in court? Lawyers say probably not. So Stellato says we wanted 20 grand. The pizza place is 10. And then he came back and now says it's five. Ah, Sean... Sean, Sean. 
You know, the, your guy was hot for, um, I don't know, a half an hour or so. You probably should have taken the 10. Now you're going to get like 350 bucks to show up there or something like that at some 7-Eleven. So uh, we got a fight going on now. We got the pizzeria fighting Tommy DeVito and the agents involved. Um, I'm sure he has some deal with the uh, trash contract or something like that or the cement contract or however it works on The Sopranos. But that is a perfect fight. Shows up with this guy. You got the 10? Well, it's now 20. Wait a minute, man. You said it was 10. <laughs> like, your guy to show up. That's not a bad deal for pizzas. For pizzas. $10,000 for a two-hour appearance by Tommy DeVito. Then when they get there, he says, we want 20. The owner says, no, it was 10. We want 20. Too bad. You'll take five. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.